Iowa everywhere. All right. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to The Hook, a podcast sponsored by Circus Sports here on the Iowa Everywhere Network. My name is Ken Miller. My partner is the Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports. He is Mike Palm. Lots to get to. Baseball, we're now, well, for the most part, of the championship series. We know three of the four participants. Two of them will battle to be uh, the team that faces the Astros. That's coming up today. But we'll opine on that like we know the result already. We'll get into the National League, uh, NFL, uh, uh, etc college football as well mike palm how are you sir kenny how are you i'm okay i'm okay um as a denver bronco fan a little bit down today knowing that the broncos are attached to the hip for russell wilson through at least 2025 can't get out from underneath that contract draft picks aside the 10 players that they fleece the broncos for i don't know mike does he look washed up to you russell wilson at this point something is clearly wrong no, you've got to see him run there in the second half a couple of times on the read options. He'd been very hesitant, I thought, to, to take a hit. He's certainly not mobile in the pocket, right? If, if they're blitzing, I mean, the Chargers found out they blitzed him every down that was important there uh, in the fourth quarter on. So something's wrong. I don't know if it's a shoulder injury. Or I don't know if he's just lost it. Um, but it's a deadly combination, that. And then, of course, this head coach. Yeah. who certainly uh, it looks like another mistake by George Payton, who I think has done a great job drafting. But, man, when you combine the Russell Wilson contract, I don't fault them for giving up the picks. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance, right? And at the time, I thought it was a good move. Uh, there were other quarterbacks as a, as a fan that I would have wanted more so, but uh, Russell Wilson, I could see why they did it. Uh, but then Nathaniel Hackett's new ownership, you just wonder. And they're the, they own Walmarts across the country, so it's not like they're hurting for money. They just they may clean house at the end of the season. We shall see. Well, a lot of ground to cover, Mike. Let's talk baseball first of all. I want to go back to Friday night where you had the uh, pleasure of being uh, – they still call it Petco, or is that one renamed? No, it's Petco. It's Petco. So you were at Petco Park, you and Derek Steven and a number of the uh, folks from Circus Sports – a downtown ballpark is beautiful place. I've never been in it. I've been past it a number of times, uh, right on the harbor there. Where um, a baseball viewing experience? Your thoughts? Well, certainly exciting to go down. That's the first home game in 16 years with fans. They were there in 2020, but COVID, mm -hmm. uh, and then get to play the Dodgers. And we went down. It was one-one, a pivotal game three. Uh, Snell against Gonsolin. Uh, the gas lamp district's terrific. We, we, we got down there early. You know, we went to a couple bars before the game. And then after the game, we went to a nightclub. You know, Derek Stevens, of course, wants the whole experience. Uh, good game. The crowd was electric, you know, chanting beat L.A. every inning. And uh, I got the chance. We, we were able to go. We had outfield seats, standing room in the outfield, last minute notice coming down from, uh, from the Padre organization. But we had a opportunity to go spend a couple innings in the owner's booth uh the fifth and sixth inning basically in uh, the gallagher suite and then the owner's suite and i got to meet dan fouts and hang out with dan fouts for about 25 minutes had a nice discussion on brett musburger of course who was his partner in the booth yeah. and then uh on his campaign to get don coriel into the hall of fame so that was probably the highlight of my trip yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, the the offense that they ran in those days, it, you can you can make a case that it changed the game in a lot of ways. What Coriel brought to the game, well, and look at his coaching tree out of San Diego State. I mean, 
Joe Gibbs and, and John Madden both off that tree, you know. So you think about that and, and the influence he had. And, he, you know, he's known for that, that, that passing offense, but he's actually the guy that designed the I formation for John McKay at USC. So I think he did a lot of great things. He worked for owners that didn't want to spend money, right, the Bidwells and that. He was yeah. handicapped by that, but I certainly think he deserves a spot in the hall. Uh, does San Diego deserve football back, do you think? Do they want it back? I, mm. I, I mean, I wasn't at the game last night at SoFi, but I probably was, what, 40%, 50% Bronco no. fans? I mean, no. that's what it sounded like. It, they don't have a home field advantage there, really. They're, no. they're not the ticket in L.A. So I think San Diego, it's, it's just a beautiful city, and it's, 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 it's a great town. And, you know, they ought to have – they had the NBA at one time. Obviously, they don't have it anymore. Um, but uh, I'd love to have the Chargers back there because more excuses to go to San Diego, the better. <laughs> Indeed there are. Well, their baseball team is still very much alive. They're hosting the National League uh, Championship Series uh, against the red-hot Philadelphia Phillies. It's the five versus the six. We all saw this coming. No, we didn't. Very few people would have had that in the circuit exacta. Uh, but that none, nonetheless – San Diego, Mike, as I've told you before, I'm, um, this is my, was my biggest investment. Now, admittedly, I bought this thinking I was going to have Fernando Tatis back in the lineup. But as a consolation prize, I got Josh Bell and Juan Soto and Josh Hader, who I didn't know were going to be a part of that roster. The Phillies scared the heck out of me. Uh, I've got uh, tickets north of 22 to 1, 20 to 1, 22 to 1. What would you do if you were me? Are your tickets all World Series or are there any National League tickets? No, it's all World Series. So I'm alive on the American League Series to the I've got the Astros and the Padres. And that's it. If you get if you get Astros Padres, do you have a bigger decision one way or the other? Is Padres significantly, no. yes. Well, I uh, I like the Astros a lot. I've talked to you I about that, Kenny, and on all the yeah. forums we're on. I just think they're the most complete team. I was surprised that this series in the National League Championship Series comes back so short. I would have mm -hmm. thought the Padres would have been like a 160, 165 series favorite. They're around 120, 125. Yeah. Yeah. And you see today's game one, uh, you know, you Darvish is around 115, 117 favorite uh, against Zach Wheeler. It, it's an interesting series. Both teams playing well. You have to love the Padres bullpen so much more than the Phillies bullpen. Seven-game series, I think that's a big factor. Philadelphia goes one-two strong with Wheeler-Nola, but then where do you go from there? That's just it. And I don't think they have that much pop in the lineup, right? I, I don't think they go that deep. Um, they played well, obviously, especially since Girardi was gone. Uh, I, I lean Padres a lot here, but I think, you know, do you wait here or do you take the, you know, plus 115 series price as, as a hedge or do you hope San Diego – gets the first two at home, and then you get plus north of $2 when it heads to Philadelphia. So there's a couple ways to play it. I love the spot you're in, though, having, having Padres and Astros. Yeah, that's why I like to bet futures. You know, it's, 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 I, I, when I watch a game, when I've got to bet on a game, I watch it differently. Then I get on the radio and I talk about it from a better perspective, especially if it's, you know, I got beat, which is normally the case. But that's why I love futures, and I love getting to the end. And, again, I've got the Astros and the Padres – uh, four of the uh, two of the four remaining teams. Well, American League Championship Series. Let me ask it this way: since as we recording as we're recording this, they're about to take the field at Yankee Stadium. Who would give the Astros the most trouble of the two teams that will decide who will head to Houston? Cleveland or the Yankees? I actually think it's Cleveland. I do too. 
I believe Cleveland, because of their pitching and because of their contact hitting, Cleveland's tough. They don't strike out. That's the big thing, Kenny. They put the ball in play. They're pesky. They have Francona. I think that's a big advantage. I think Francona and Melvin are the two best remaining managers. Um, so I, I'm. It's so they rained that game out and they played Friday. Advantage Yankees, I guess, in that Cortez is going to go today. Although Friday he was off a little bit. Everything was up, up, up. With He's the exception of that play he made defensively, which yeah. was spectacular. Terrific. I I can't believe Bieber is Bieber available in short relief today. I don't know. I mean, Bieber pitched Friday. If they would have had Bieber here today, I would have loved Cleveland. They're going with Savali, who has not found the form that he's had in recent years. Advantage Yankees today, but I, I think that Cleveland has a better shot. I I don't think that the Yankees – I would be very surprised if the Yankees would beat the Astros in a seven-game series. I'm with you, and I guess the other way of looking at it, if indeed Savali can lead the Guardians to a win today or be a part of it, and then the bullpen helps out, obviously, then you get Bieber, then you get McKenzie – uh, for games one and two against the Astros. I think it's going to be a good series. I'm a Dusty Baker fan. Kind of part of me wants to see him get his, you know, his World Series, been a part of the game forever. Uh, so we shall see. So if we do get, you know, Astros versus whomever, do you, do you, as we sit here today, feel that the Astros are unequivocally the team to beat, Mike? Yes. I've said that all along. I thought they were the better team than the Dodgers. And the Dodgers – you know, the Dodgers went into the postseason with no ace and no closer. Think about that. An 111-win team, no ace, no closer. How is that possible? And the fact that he didn't start Gonsolin in game two, and then he said he was going to start him in four, and he really didn't have anything. I was there watch. I mean, Gonsolin struggled, and he was on a real short leash, and he gives up two or whatever or, or one, and they get him out in the third inning, and, and two to one, Snell makes it, and the bullpen made it hold up. They had a lot of flaws this, where's the flaws in this Houston team? Not the starting pitching, not the bullpen, not the defense. You know, they can hit the ball for power. You know, Altuve's having a terrible year in there, and and and, and they perform like this, right? So a, a little bit of concern, I guess, is if with that start of Verlander in game one yeah. would yeah. be the one spot of concern. But if Verlander's right, I think Framber Valdez will get a Cy Young at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then you're deep. You can go. F- you can go four man rotation. I know you probably want to get Framber in at least two starts in that series. But uh, you know they're pretty deep, and the middle relief is awful good too. No, it is. And Gurriel, who uh, won the batting crown last year, looks like he's starting to come around a little bit. You know, I heard something the other day pursuant to the Astros, and it. I, I guess maybe I don't follow them close enough. Man, I see Altuve all the time in postseason, and he's always doing something. But somebody said this is a, this is a Hall of Famer. Has he had a Hall of Fame career to you? I think he has to do more uh, in my mind. And I'm with you. I don't, you know, I watch more National League games than American mm-hmm. League games um, because I was a Cubs fan growing up. So that's naturally that way. And then we support the Padres with our sponsorship deal. Um, but, you know, he's he's been pesky. Uh, he's played a pivotal role with them for the last five years. But I don't know if the tenure of his service has been enough to say this guy is going to be a surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, is there a result that uh, that the folks that you folks at Circa are rooting for? Is, is there a, is there a futures market out there that uh, you know is going to affect you one way or the other? Not a lot. Of course, we're not going to do great to the Padres, but right. uh, but Derek will do great to the Padres himself. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's a bit of a wash, right? Because 
he invested heavily in them from the get-go uh, before the season and then again after Tatis went out. So he's got some good prices along the way here. And, uh, you know, we want them to do well. So even if the result isn't the best for the book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's still we, w- we would hope that they would uh, take take it. Two more on them, and then we'll move to football. Um, is Juan Soto starting to come to life a little bit? Is he starting to revert back to maybe not the player we thought he was going to be because we thought, you know, after we watched him in Washington, that this is a guy that just breathes rarefied air. Uh, but he hasn't been that. He hasn't been that guy. Seems like maybe he's trending towards that again. Do you see that? Yeah, I still think he's really dangerous. And I don't know why the Dodgers pitched to him in that seventh inning. You could you could make write a whole book about the top and bottom of the seventh inning in Game Four where the Dodgers lost the three nothing lead, mm-hmm. and, and or they you know they were up two nothing. They only scored one with the bases loaded, nobody out. Then they gave up five in the bottom of the seventh. I mean, it was also very strange what they did, why they pitched to Soto, especially when the count was two and zero, oh, and then they you know Vesha throws him a fastball and he rips it. Um, then when Soto steals second, why do you pitch to Cronworth? I mean, Will Myers hasn't had a clue at the plate the whole postseason. Yeah. I don't know why you don't pitch to Will Myers there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know I, it, even it's lefty-righty. So there's a lot of things. I still think Soto's very dangerous. And when you go into this series and think about it, you know, if you, you, you want a short list of five or six guys you think could be MVP, he's definitely on it. Uh, would Derek feel good in a big spot, game seven, upper run trying to hold off, and then here comes Josh Hader out of the bullpen? Hater's been terrific the last Lately, yeah. He struggled at the end in Milwaukee. And when he first came over, Kenny, I was looking at some of the tapes from those games the first month he came over when he mm-hmm. couldn't get anybody out and he'd give up four or five runs. I don't think he was hiding the ball at all. Look at how much rotation he's getting on his hips again. I think he's hiding the pitch a lot longer. And that's the key. I mean, is it slider? Is it fastball? You know, for a reliever, there are two pitches and that. So I think he's hiding the ball. He's been ultra confident in the playoffs, was terrific against the Dodgers. And I think you have to be comfortable with him at this point. Um, I would say Clayson and him as far as relievers yeah. go. Who knows what the Yankees, what what they're doing or what Boone's doing. And then, you know, Presley is, uh, sometimes can be had with the, with with Houston. So I, I I would rank him second among the five closers that are still left. Well, I love the fact that we're getting some new blood. There's the uh, teams that won 100 games. They're all by the wayside. They're all playing golf or doing other things. They're not playing baseball. Let's talk about something we may be on the verge of seeing. Trent and I talked about this on our radio show today, now 11-1 to 1 on KXNO, uh, Miller and Condon. Um, we may have be on uh, trending anyways towards an SEC championship game that is played without either Georgia representing the East, or Alabama representing the West. Now, Georgia's still got to get through. Obviously, Tennessee's got Kentucky uh, and then Georgia. Georgia's got a couple of big sto- a couple of big opponents still to come. Oh, meanwhile, in the West, Alabama looks as though maybe there's some problems there. Their secondary is not good at all. I mean, Young keeps them in these games. He's an unbelievable player. But Old Miss is off to a terrific start. They've still got the meat of their schedule. Would you fall off your chair if Alabama and Georgia don't play in the championship game? I'd be surprised if it wasn't one of them. I think Tennessee gets there, actually. And I've been, I've been on Tennessee uh, from early on here. I was all over them against LSU. was on the money line and the nine last week. I think they're terrific. I think Heupel's terrific. I think what they've done with Hooker, people don't talk about his running ability. That's really the key. This guy can make yards, and he's a smart runner, okay? And they control pace. 
you turn the ball over, you do something silly, and they hit you. And they're one of those teams that's like, who gets the ball in the second half? Because they can go boom, boom. Look, Florida did a terrific job against them in that game three or four weeks ago. They were in control. Yeah. You know, Napier calls a timeout to try to get the ball back at the end of the half. Tennessee scores. They score on the opening possession second half. Huge and all swing. of a sudden, they're in complete control. Yep. They get control of these games. Uh, and so, I, but boy, I don't see Alabama not coming out of the West. That's a tough loss for Mississippi State. If they would have won at Kentucky, they mm-hmm. wouldn't have a loss yet. I think that helps Alabama a lot. Um, I think A&M's out of it at this point. How good is Mississippi? We'll see. The defense has never been able to slow down Alabama through these years. I mean, those games are always played in the 90s and the 100s. So (laughs) I I think Alabama-Tennessee is the most likely rematch for the SEC title game. Wouldn't that be fun? It certainly was fun this uh, this past week. Now, how did you guys do college football-wise? I know there was a lot of dogs uh, in college football this weekend. What kind of result was was that for you, the book? Yeah, we had a really good Saturday. Uh, better Saturday than Sunday. I know some books said that it was their best Sunday of the year. We're like different, not opposite, but different because of the amount of sharp money we take or the amount of professional money. So Sunday was okay, but we got beat up on a few games. We got really beat up on the Buccaneers. Did you? Uh, Steelers. People bet the Steelers in game. They bet them second half. Yeah, it knocked out the teasers and the money line parlays. But the game itself, we got beat up on. Um, and then the Sunday night result was no good. It just it fell Eagles, Eagles. It was all Eagles. Mm-hmm. Eagles by seven or more was all losers, right? And then it, we got middled on the total. Uh, so that was no good. Um, and last night was all Denver money. Denver, 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 Denver. Denver. Uh, and so there. But uh, it was okay. It was like a push week in the NFL where other people had a great week. We did very well on Saturday. There was a lot of people on Utah in that late game. Uh, Rice Eccles so hard and they laid the points with Utah and of course they didn't cover but they did come back and win that strange game with those Pac-12 officials but that was really something wasn't it my gosh we seen saw some things on Saturday night never seen in football before for crying out loud I know Iowa State fans they're not real happy with officiating either and uh, certainly uh, I can understand that um, some circumstances but it's Matt Campbell will find a way to lose every week forget about the officials Forget about the other team. It's this guy. Kenny, it's this guy. It's just too often this cannot win these close games. Their last their last four by 14 combined points, and he refuses to do anything no. about special teams, and they're a massive part, as you know, uh, about a football game. Well, let's go, let's, uh, go back to the NFL for just a second. Um, is there a team that's, you know, 500 right now? Is there a three-win team? Because – well, let me ask it this way. I think probably you would say the same. It's the Bills, it's the Chiefs, it's the Eagles. It's the Bills, it's the Eagles, it's the Chiefs. Who's the fourth best team in the NFL? Uh, San Francisco. You really believe that? With the they were really banged up on Sunday, back-to-back road games. There were a lot of excuses for them, although wasn't thrilled about the way they let Atlanta run the ball. Yep. He's down 14 nothing. got back in the game, but then Atlanta just kept moving the football. I, I Well, yeah. You asked me that question, who's the fourth best? I would look at, you know, is it the Vikings? They're five and one. But I just don't believe in Kirk. I was on him this week, mm-hmm. and it was an anti-Skyler Thompson play. I never liked him at Kansas State. Right. I don't know why he's in the NFL, honestly. Um, but then it got Teddy. I didn't like Teddy coming in the game. I would have rather had Skyler Thompson, actually. But they get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, and outside of that de- debacle on uh, Monday night where they played zone all night against the Eagles and the Hurts, Hurts beat him with his arm, um, 
you know, they, they, they've answered the bell in these games. I know they didn't cover against the Bears. I think San Francisco is the better team, though, the better consistent team and has a higher playoff ceiling. Something's wrong with the Packers. I think yes. something's wrong with Rodgers' hand. If you're watching that game Sunday, something's wrong with his hand. Uh, and the, the Jets went in there and went by 17 in Lambeau. Something wrong there. So I have to scratch them out of the equation. Mike, when the schedule came out and you saw the Giants and the Jets back-to-back weeks, as a Packer fan, you had to feel great about that. Sure. And, and that's the reason they didn't, t- you know, they didn't take the bye after London. You figured oh, those two yeah. teams, you get through it, you get the bye later, and it all works out because of the mm-hmm. schedule. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it didn't, and two losses. And if, if, if folks that bet the Vikings to win the North before the year, I, lo- I love the spot you're in. Well, the five and one right now, and they got a two and a half game lead because they've got the uh, at least the first win of the two games uh, against the Packers. So we did one aged quarterback. Let's do the other one. Where are you on Tampa Bay? Look, somebody's going to win the South. I, I took a shot at the at, at the Saints. I'm going to be wrong there, but I think that my my theory, my reasoning behind trying to find a team in that division was right on. I just found the wrong one. They have to do it with their defense because the offense is not explosive. You know, he just doesn't have the weapons. And they're going to be this team that scores 17 to 20 a week. And so the defense is going to have to be outstanding. They got behind field goals. The Pittsburgh defense was good in the red zone. And Mitch Trubisky came in and kept the ball away from Brady and didn't let him, didn't let him come back in that game. So, um, yeah, maybe it's Atlanta. Maybe we were on the wrong. Everybody picked Atlanta last in that division. Carolina might not win another game. Right. The Falcons might be a playoff team. I mean, it's, it's funny. I don't put Tampa in that conversation. I, I, I was writing the list down for the fourth best team. I just can't put them there. I can't get there. It, it's tough. I mean, you got you can put the Vikings there. Maybe the Cowboys with Prescott when he comes back. Is that a difference in your mind? I don't know. I thought I thought they managed the games better with uh, with Cooper Rush. Rush. Now he made some mistakes. He turned the ball over, but they got all discombobulated at the. I thought the whole game turned with it. The. the, the this play that everybody does, even the dumb college teams do at the end of the quarter, you, when you're, you're under the play clock, fake like you're going and try to get them to jump off sides. Uh, of course, San Diego couldn't do that last night. They, they weren't smart enough to do their chargers. Sorry. LA couldn't do that last night in the game, but they, they're, they're going to force a field goal. They're going to be down three, nothing. And all of a sudden they get the offsides. It's first and goal. They score to start the quarter pick touchdown. Then they go fourth down on their own 34 they don't mm-hmm. get it, and it's 17 to nothing just like that, and the game kind of turned. They got it back to three, so you got to give them some credit there. But Philadelphia's a tough team to defend for 60 minutes with that offense. Indeed it is. So let's take this a step further with the Eagles. If they were to play the Bills, if they were to play the Chiefs, I would have thought that – you know, that this is going to be a big, big number. After watching the Eagles, I'm not so sure it would be anymore, Mike. No. I mean, both the AFC teams would be favored. I think I the, Bills, the Bills would be three or three and a half, and the Chiefs might be a little less than a field goal. Yeah, that tight, though, huh? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I could see it. Philadelphia, I mean, Hurts having a – did you see that coming? His performance? So a lot of people we talked to back when Amal and I had the show were high on Philadelphia. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, he was that was their Super Bowl pick. Mm-hmm. I t- listened to Jaworski all last year, Ron Jaworski, talk about how high he was on Jalen Hurts, what a great leader he had, all the intangibles and all that. So I'm not really shocked. It's, it's funny, though, in a national championship game, Saban pulls Hurts yeah. for Tua, and now where are the two in the NFL? You would have thought Tua, you know, the draft pick and everything – would have a would be doing much better at this point, and it's actually Jalen Hurts. 
Indeed it is. Uh, it's fascinating to me. I hope that you're um, uh, on the right path with the Niners. I got a bunch of Niners. Does Garoppolo, I mean, we've seen him in spots, but he's, he's never going to wow you, but he's not for the most part. You can trust him, right? He won't get you beat. Um, he got them to a 10-point lead over the Chiefs in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. Look, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think he lets the other components of the of, of the team win the games. I mean, I think he's better than Trent Delfer was, yeah. but he's that sort of kind of a game manager. And if, and if you find yourself down a few scores, you're going to let him throw the ball. But they have the team around him. Um, I think they're in a better spot. I think they can still compete this year in the NFC than to have Trey Lance the whole year and sort of wait for, you know, a year away from being a year away. Hmm. Opening night in the NBA. Not going to ask you your your opinion on games. I wouldn't know. What, I wouldn't know that unless you told me. <laughs> what What will that do with the book? What will I look? I know my son's going to Stadium Swim tonight. That's where he's spending his Tuesday night. He loves the NBA. I don't think you'll be alone out there. Uh, what will the book be like? Opening night of the NBA. Look, you got baseball as well, but would it be a draw? Oh, it's all going to be about the Padres game tonight. Yeah. And I think the book's going to be packed tomorrow afternoon. That's a day game at Petco. Mm. They're playing tonight and then followed by a day game game two before the travel day. I think we'll do a nice lunch crowd tomorrow. Do the Lakers play tonight, Kenny? Yeah, if the yeah. Lakers play, yes, people, people will come if it's the Lakers and Warriors, right? More, more so the Lakers. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of people from Northern California when the Warriors were in the finals came down for, for those games, the stadium swim in the book. Well, they play each other tonight. That's the hour late game, 7 o'clock your time. And some people will think they want the volume, but no shot with the Padres. <laughs> yeah, Derek's probably going to yeah play the trump card on that one. Don't blame him a bit. Uh, what do you see in hockey-wise? Is there anything from a betting perspective? Um, you know, people like to bet totals in hockey. I've never been one of those people. Um, goal scoring up so far this year? Way up. Um, but I've picked my spots. I've been okay because I'm an underplayer. Like, I mean, how bad could the Coyotes be to be plus 430 last night in Toronto? Yeah. But I look at that game. You know, the first period total was two. The second period was two and a half. But the first period total was two. They came out. But Jamelka played well. You get under that first TV timeout, it's still one and a half. You take a shot there, right? Phoenix is going to defend, 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 defend. They get the power play goal at the end of the period. It went under. Second period's two and a half. Why not the same? Same thing, one nothing. You got to pick your spots. Here's two teams to consider this year. And and I played Dallas a lot in the futures. I think the Stars are going to be very good. I watched them last night against my Jets, Mike. I agree with you. I did a little more research before the season started. So I made two future bets. I took the Stars, and I took the Bruins, and I took Jim Montgomery for Coach of the Year. Those are my three future bets. I'm a huge Jim Montgomery guy. Well, he he got himself in trouble in he Dallas. Yeah, There was some, you know, was it alcohol? Was it something with the owner's wife? I don't know. I think it was the latter, but they're blaming the former. Right? They yep. moved him out. This guy has won wherever, including with the Dubuque Fighting Saints. The University of Denver, wherever Jim Montgomery's gone, he's been a winner. Mm-hmm. And I think this Boston team makes the playoffs – and you get to the playoffs, you win a series. Look at their point total. They've, they've started out very well, and they're going to score goals. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's one of the few coaches that coaches from the net out. But they have the potential to have a, a high-scoring team. Could be a, 
a decent combination for them there. So those are the two teams I put a little future money on. Well, and they're going to get Brad Marchand back at some point, and that's wow. going to be a massive, massive. Uh, that the the, uh, the division, the Atlantic, is so tough. Like one of these years, Toronto's going to be there. <laughs> Tampa is always there. Florida, I think I, I I like what they're doing. I'll tell you, team in that division, they're off to an zero two start, but the Senators are going to be better uh, this year than they have been in the past. I, and that's how, that's how I see it anyways. Uh, Mike Baum uh, from uh, Circus Sports, Vice President of Operations. A big week in college football. We'll end it on this. Let's talk about some of the line movement that we've seen. You guys at Circa are the first one to, point, to post the point spreads. Uh, one o'clock in the afternoon here, local time for us. Texas opened as a six-point favorite at Oklahoma State. That number's moved significantly. Or was it the other way? Were they one? Uh, anyways, Texas is favored over Oklahoma State. That surprises me. Um, boy, I was on Oklahoma State. I'm glad I took the four. They, I don't know what Gundy did last week. He, TCU punted early in the fourth quarter from deep in their own territory. Gundy gets the ball in his own like 38 with 12 and a half minutes to go up 14. I mean, you'd get two first downs there. The game's over. They ran three times and punted. I mean, he played not to lose that whole second half. They only scored three points after going up and down the field. I think this Oklahoma State team is good. And I think that I would be surprised if Texas beats them in Stillwater. Yeah, and they're a six-point favorite to do so. That number has jumped up five spots, for crying out loud, which, which surprises me. I, I just think the, the Big 12 fascinates me this year. The Big 10 is just garbage. I mean, that with in the West, it's just a whole bunch of – you know, it's Ohio State – you're not, I'm late to the Michigan party. I don't buy them yet. You don't have Belamania in the West? No, well, look, it's a great story. I've got to give them that. Got, got to give them that. But who saw that? Illinois Purdue's the game of the year in the West, Mike? Nobody saw that coming. That's the winner. That's yeah. going to be the winner. Um, look, Illinois, I played that game under in the contest, and I went 4-1 and one this week. I lost by a half point because I thought DeVito wasn't going to play. That was all the talk on Friday. He plays. They dominated that game. Yeah, Sikowski's brutal. They absolutely dominated the game. Um, look, they were favored by over Iowa. I know that was an ugly game. I couldn't believe it. The first time in almost 20 years they were favored over Iowa. Yeah. And they play every year in the West. Uh, the team can play defense. DeVito makes enough plays. He keeps the chains moving. It's interesting. It'll be a good game, but that's that's one of those teams that's going to play Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Game. So you buy Michigan? Well, what what can you say? I mean, Penn State went in there undefeated. Yeah. Uh, so I think game, they were a fraud. That game wasn't as close as the score either. I mean, okay. they, they dominated. They had they had over two. What the the, the first half yardage was like two sixty to fifty. I mean, it was a it, it wasn't close. Um, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. So no. to buy Michigan doesn't necessarily mean think that I think that they're going to beat Ohio State, but it's going to come down to that game, obviously. Stroud's mm-hmm. the big favorite to win the Heisman. Is there anybody else on your radar? Can't Hendon Hooker do it? Can Hendon Hooker do Young? it? How about Young? No. Back-to-back years? No. I, yeah. I drew a line through him before the year started because I didn't think he'd play as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Hendon Hooker right now. Um, but yeah, you have this, you know, Stroud's in the spot right now, but if they go undefeated and they get to an SEC title game, you have to consider that and what out dynamic. I mean, he makes the offense go. Sure. No, no question about that. Uh, this has been another edition of the hook sponsored by circus sports here on the Iowa, uh, everywhere. 
Podcast Network. Mike Palm, we'll see you. Let's do this again next week. How about that? Sounds like a plan, Kenny. Go Padres. (laughs) Go Padres, indeed. We'll see you next time on The Hook, sponsored by Circus Sports. Thanks for being with us. Iowa everywhere. 